Hi everybody, it's Ian again. Welcome to another episode of The Thriving Leader. Look, as season three comes towards a close, another 13 episodes in the bag, so to speak, it would have been remiss to write a whole season on connective energy and not mention LinkedIn very much. The thing is, I know people have researched and written a lot of good material about how LinkedIn works, that I've wrestled with how I can really add a little bit more than has already been written out there. And that's what this episode is all about. Yeah, catch me on LinkedIn. That's kind of what I say to everybody uh, on there as well. And it helps if you've got a name that's quite particular or peculiar, as I do as well. So in this final episode, I'm going to be looking at LinkedIn and a few thoughts from the perspective of someone who's seeking to develop connective energy. This is a very specific use of LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn, since its inception, has given us amazing power to search for jobs but it's also brought together people who have like-minded interests across different territories. So for some of my educational work, I have contacts in the US and in Australia who I can learn from, even though I've never ever traveled to see them. So here are some thoughts on how to leverage LinkedIn for connective energy. So the first thought that I have for you here is that more connections are less important than the right connections. So the language and nuance of followership is different by social media platform. And when it comes to LinkedIn, the quality of your connections is much more important than the sheer quantity. So it's really tricky to stay in very close contact with more than a handful of people. If you expand that out to maybe a thousand plus followers that some of us have on LinkedIn, we really can't handle that number of connections. And there isn't much value in trying to either. So instead, what I'll encourage you to do is to consider three concentric circles. So your really, really tight circle are the people who are closest to you, who you share all the stuff that's happening, good and bad. And maybe you only need about five of these. Your next circle are critical relationships that add value to you and that you're prepared to invest in monthly as well. So you may have a further circle that you're willing to manage. And then there are the other weaker links connections of connections. And what you'll see in LinkedIn is it kind of tries to help you a bit by categorizing people in first, second, and third tier connections. What I'd say though is don't completely write off the third level connections. Often the weaker links, connections of connections, can be where the really interesting random stuff can come from. But the key thing to ask yourself is, what am I doing with all of my connections? And also, How should I think about dealing with requests that come in for new connections? So going on to the second point here, which is about how to connect and grow your network. Now, firstly, on LinkedIn, you really need to understand and research groups and learn which groups people belong to. Groups on LinkedIn are, in my opinion, they're very useful. Now, many of them are closed, so you have to become a member but it's pretty easy to figure out early doors whether the group is a kind of spammy referral type networking thing, and I could do without the hassle, so I leave those quite quickly. A number, though, are forged of professionals from different territories and industries with a similar profession, and they have a mutually superordinate objective in mind. 
It's a great way to find new research, be alerted to a new line of thinking, test out ideas, and people who are kind of like-minded in a way. Now, secondly, you can consider how you take on personal connection requests. Now, uh, full confession, I need to get better at this because once upon a time, I was working on the basis, the more the merrier in my tribe. Now, after a certain big number, this became far less interesting because all it resulted was a lot of my time being taken up by often spammy sales approaches from people who bought the relevant sales package on LinkedIn. Now, good practice when making a connection on LinkedIn is read the profile of the person. And when making your connection request, outline how you think you can help them. It's okay once in a while to seek someone out uh, to pick your brains, but it gets tiring if that's all you ever get in your inbox. So a much better approach might be to say, Ian, I came across your profile. I read some of your posts on how generations work together in the modern workplace. I researched this area for my masters. And if there's insight I have that might be helpful to you, let me know. So that way, they kind of know where you're coming from. They know, you know that they've kind of researched you a little bit, so they have an idea of what you're up to. And that what they're trying to do is give a little as well as maybe take a little bit back. So when you do this, seek to add rather than take value, just like any networking event. If you practice generosity, it will boomerang back to you. And an expert in this field, Judy Robinette, suggests giving two favors for every one you ask of by return. And once you've been connecting with someone, grow your network organically. It's much easier to get valuable and relevant connections by following the breadcrumb trail of your existing close connections. How can I help you? What ideas do you have? Now that we've spoken, who else do you think I should be talking to? Now, my third hint for you is learning to focus on creating value for everyone, not just for yourself. Now, in a much earlier episode on creativity, I wrote about a device used by Twyla Tharp in creative storytelling. You need a bear, like the grizzly bear kind. Bring two people together and you have a range of possibilities. Bring in a third one, like a bear, and the range of possibilities and alternate stories grows tremendously, almost ridiculously so. Yet on LinkedIn, most people focus on point-to-point conversations or random copy-all in try and get the algorithms to work for them. Instead, triangulating for value, it has little to do with fooling the algorithms and it's all to do with connective power. When you're interacting with someone on LinkedIn, if you're able to bring in a third relevant person, ideally someone that first person doesn't know into the conversation, you are creating connections. Here, the conversation has a vital third party, but you've enabled person B to meet person C in a specific context. And as you teach this practice, they will do the same with you. And that way, your power circle of relevant people will grow. Now, don't shortcut this process by just throwing in a random name Be generous in outlining someone's gifts, interests, and relevance. So, for example, you may say under somebody's post, hey, Jim Daniels has written some excellent articles on this important subject. Jim, do you have any thoughts on Agnes's question? That way, the context is right. You've paid tribute to the fact that Jim has some knowledge in there, and you've brokered the connection between them in a relevant way. 
Now, another concept for you to think about is know, like and trust. You always have to earn the social capital of others. And one model, the know, like and trust one, uh, is very, really helpful here. How well do I know this person? How much do I like what I'm hearing and seeing of them? How well do I trust their sincerity? And what would it therefore be like working with them? This is why, for me, some of the sales approaches I get on LinkedIn fall flat. I have someone I don't know who appears to make no contribution to the community beyond doing their job of selling or promoting the space they sell in. And I see no evidence of anyone within my trust circle interacting with them either. It's not a good starting point for me to spend time investing in a relationship. Although I will sometimes politely reply and decline the majority who are polite with me, as on a whole they are, because I recognise that they're doing a job, I might wish it was done differently, but that's for another day. So look for the win-win relationships. And as you interact with LinkedIn over the week, how are you truly helping other people rather than just promoting yourself and your own activity? And then engage in random acts of connective kindness, which is another point. To engage in random and unconditional acts of kindness If you see a post and you have something you can offer that is quick, easy and inexpensive, just help out. For now, LinkedIn, albeit prone to a little bit of humble brag, not helped by the auto-promotion of the I am pleased to announce my new position kind of posts, has managed to escape some of the nastiness, or not altogether, the narcissism present in other social media platforms. Long may it remain that way. And for it to be a place where people set out to help each other professionally, and personally, personally develop with good head, good gut, and good heart. And sometimes the basic stuff done better works just fine. So there you have it. Of course, you can get a book on LinkedIn, a podcast series. You can hire people who profess to understand the algorithms. But like any networking vehicle, it helps if you have a clear philosophy and something in your mind about why am I here? Mine has always been to forge connective energy, which is why you see me link people and ideas together, even though they're not mine to take forward. In fact, often because I'm not the one taking them forward, but just because I can bring people together. Because I know out there there are lots of people doing the same. And together, there are no tough problems that we can't solve when we choose to work together. So if you like numbers, final hint for you, then check out something called your social selling score on LinkedIn. I know some of you are data monkeys and this won't work for everyone, but check out on LinkedIn a little known feature called your social selling score or SSS, 3S, triple S, whatever, or SSI as it used to be called. I'll not go into huge detail here, but effectively it is LinkedIn's view of how influential you are within your industry or sector and hints and tips of things that you can do on the platform to get the algorithms to work better for you. Now, you can find it uh, by looking in the show notes. I put a link in there for you as well. They do play around with the link every now and again. So depending on when you're listening to this, they may have changed the link, sneaky people in LinkedIn, but it's either called SSA or Triple S Social Selling Score Social Selling Index. And that's it for this time. In fact, that's it for this season 
on connective energy. Season four, which is all about catalytic energy, lighting a fire in other people so they go out and evangelize ideas on their own. That's all in the bag, ready to go. And we'll look forward to hearing it soon. All you need to do is click subscribe on your favorite podcast service and it will find its way into your podcast app kind of automatically. And if you love this podcast, then do please share it with other people as well. On to season four we go. Best of luck, everybody. See you next time. Bye for now.